0: Denise with far above podcast thank you for listening I have a special friend today Lindsay who's going to share her heart and what God has done so would you just take take a minute to just um, sit back and and hear what God has done in her life and the hope that we can have um, because she walked a prodigal journey and so we have that hope for our prodigals as well so welcome Lindsay thank you
1: for spending time with us today Thank you for inviting me. Um, uh, Do you want me to just tell a little bit about myself? Please go right ahead. Okay. So, well, uh, Denise and I go to church together. Um, I am a mother of four and I'm a wife to an amazing husband. Um, I'm a homeschool mom and I uh, have been walking with the Lord since 2008. So I guess that's about almost 15 years now. That's a long time. Awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so Lindsay, I know that you have shared your story before you were sharing with me that you've shared with other women's groups and, um, and you know where I'm at as a mom of prodigals. And every time I hear you share and just see you, Um, it just gives me such hope because of what God has done in your life. So I would love for you to share that hope and encouragement, um, with my listeners and just, um,
1: share whatever the Lord leads you to share. Sure. Uh, so I think I'm going to go back to, um, my childhood and kind of give some context for that. I grew up in a church going family. I was raised in the Lutheran church. I can't honestly say if my parents are um, really believers or not. To be honest, as an adult, I kind of look back and um, they're kind of in the same place that they've always been. Um, so I I don't really know where they are in their faith journey. It wasn't really discussed in our home. Church was more of just something that we did on Sundays. And so I had heard of Jesus and um, did Sunday school, had some experience with that, Um, but it wasn't really lived out in my home. Um, I went to public school for most of my schooling, and I was a, like most girls probably, just very... Um, eager to fit in and easily influenced by peers and um, just wanted to, you know, find my place Mm -hmm. as I think everybody does. And so uh, probably from a pretty young age, nine, fourth grade, (laughs) I feel like that's kind of when it starts. Um, I think that's when my rebellious nature kind of started to show. Um, My family life was very busy. Um, My dad worked very long hours and wasn't home a whole lot. My mom also worked out of the home. Uh, We were in my brother. I have one brother and we were in all the extracurriculars. And so we were not a cohesive family unit. We all kind of went and lived our separate lives and came home to the same place. But, you know. I wasn't ever, maybe when I was young, but I don't really recall a time being close to either of my parents. And so, um, I clung to my friends that was, they were, they were everything to me. (laughs) And, um, I, my mom was pretty strict and I remember from pretty young, probably middle school is when everybody kind of sees how long their leash is to get to go and do things. And mine was very short compared to all of my friends. And that's when I started um, rebelling and lying and saying that I was somewhere that I wasn't and all of those kinds of things. And uh, in my effort to get away with more, I would often put myself in compromising positions that, you know, as a young person, you don't really have the mental capacity to discern. And uh, I guess it was, I was right before my sophomore year in high school. So newly 15, um, I got myself into a situation where I was interacting online with um it was a friend's boyfriend and he was much too old to be dating her (laughs) because we were only 14 15 and he was 18 and I thought that it was just joking around and it was not um and he ended up I was at a friend's house her parents were not there once again the compromising situations (laughs) and he came over and he ended up raping me that night and uh, that was very confusing. And I it, it impacted me more than I probably realized for, I don't even know, six more years, <laughs> I would say. Um, and there were a lot of repercussions to this. I think I mentally blocked it out. Um, but looking back, I can see like, things that I did that were fruit of that experience. Um, But it was a bad situation. It was, he went on to tell a bunch of people a story that was not true. Um, So then all these people knew there was a reputation, there was humiliation. The friend that he was dating believed that story. It It was pretty terrible and traumatic. Thankfully, I didn't go to school with any of them or that would have been much worse. And thankfully, I didn't live in a time where everything was on social media constantly. I got to go home and escape it. So I really feel for kids today that just everything is online all the time. But um, after that, I got I became really depressed and I started dressing um, like in sweats all the time. I started hiding, like hiding myself, basically, trying to blend in. I I mean, I literally wore like sweatpants and hoodies every day. Um, Trying to look as unappealing as possible, I guess, is what that was. I didn't really, I wasn't cognizant of that decision. It was just something I started doing. And um, that kind of went on for a year. And then at the end of that year, I was 16, so I was in a place where I was getting a job. And I got a job at um, the Girl Scout camp that I had been a camper at for many years. I was like a lifelong Girl Scout, got my gold award, all of that stuff. I was very involved. And so seemed like the perfect job. And I was going to be away for the whole summer for the first time and um i didn't realize what i was and, and and neither did my parents i don't think anybody did but i was um walking into a grooming situation
0: wow
1: um many of the staff even into leadership were lesbians and um wow I I got attention that felt safer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess is the best way that I could describe that. And of course, every girl wants attention. And the attention I had received was traumatic and felt unsafe. Right. And this felt safer. And so anyway, I ended the summer in a relationship with one of the other staff members. And uh, and she was in college at the time. So she was technically an, a young adult. Um, so I come back home. And of course, this is all very secretive. And I'd been lying and being rebellious for a long time. But it, it began to just intensify. And um, I basically became a pathological liar at this point, I was living a double life. And I mean, literally lies would just spew out of my mouth. And there were some times where I was like, I didn't even have to lie about that. Why did I just say that? Um, so I, I was in a very dark place. Um, and it was during that year where I really started having like the suicidal ideations. Um, and it was very honestly just so narcissistic looking back because I didn't think of anybody else but me. And I took no responsibility at all for any of the decisions that I had made that had maybe gotten me to this point either. I just wanted a way out. Mm -hmm. I think it was the heart of the issue. And I was convinced in my mind that that was the only way that I was going to get the love from my parents that I didn't think I had, which looking back, my parents did love me, but there was definitely a lie that was being told to my heart at that time that they didn't. And I was convinced of this. And I remember even thinking about fantasizing about my funeral Mm. when they'd all be sad that I was gone. Finally, they'd care. I mean, it was just like no concern for anybody that I would hurt. I mean, it was truly all about me and, um, that continued on for a little while. Um, eventually my mom did find out about that relationship and uh, threatened to take some legal action because she was an adult. Mm. So that relationship ended. Um, But because I was already in this group, (laughs) I met other people and I went through my senior year, I was in a different relationship with someone who I'd met through that group, who went to the college that I was going to, she was just a year older than me. Um, and so again, it was kind of emotionally, I was sometimes good, sometimes I was really low, sometimes I was fine. Um, but eventually, I went to college. And it was kind of interesting, because even though <laughs> This wasn't that long ago. This lifestyle was not as accepted even then. So it wasn't even like all my friends were like, "Yeah, Lindsay, that's great. Like I I, um, I wasn't accepted for, for by everybody for this. Um, there wasn't, you know, the social contagion aspect of it like that wasn't really relevant at the time which is so crazy because this just was not that long ago and how fast it's all has changed but um so again very secretive all of these things lots of lying lying to family lying to friends living this double life my mom did not know about the second relationship um I went to college and was still in this relationship and in college It was much more acceptable than it was in high school. And I got thrust into kind of the big group. And that was very eye-opening for me. And um, that was my friends. That was all, that was the only friend group that I had. And of course, in college, there's always drinking and drugs and partying that happens. But I just remember something in me, even though I was not a believer, was uncomfortable and wanted to escape. That was always kind of deep in me, even though I never really acted on it. That was still there. And it kind of is what sent me into depression again. I'd kind of, I'd been okay. And I was kind of going back to that, that dark place and thinking, you know, how do I get out of this? And, and, and deep down, that's what I wanted, but I didn't, I wouldn't have told you that. (laughs) I wouldn't have told anybody that I don't even think I truly acknowledged that myself, but in my attempts of thinking about death or whatever it was like. That's what I wanted. I was just not happy with where my life was or where it was going. And, but I would kind of built this identity, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, what else was I going to do at this point? Even if I wanted something different, nobody's would ever want me. You know, these were the lies Mm -hmm. and um, I saw one day I was, I was kind of at a point in my own strength of just like, I've got to do something. I've got to make some new friends. (laughs) And I joined, this is crazy. I joined a Christian sorority at my campus again, living the double life. Mm-hmm. presenting myself as one version living a different version outside of that I was really good at it at this point point. and so this was going on the Lord was definitely drawing me near to him mm-hmm. but I was still very much one foot in one foot out trying to reconcile how mm-hmm. can I do both you know, how can I, how, how can I have God, but not give anything up, you know? And, um, I started attending a church by my own decision for the first time of in my life. And it was a Bible teaching church with expository teaching. And I was just blown away. I'd never heard the Bible taught like that before. Wow. And, um, I remember we were going through Galatians, the book of Galatians, and I was actually just really enjoying learning God's word for the first time. And I was having fellowship with the church and I really felt like the Lord was putting it on my heart to be baptized And again, trying to make my life fit together how I thought that it should. I went and talked to my pastor who I had a relationship already with him and his wife. We were, we were, um, we were pretty close at this point, but I still had not shared anything like that with them. And so when I asked about being baptized, I told you about this, how I would share my testimony and I would leave my relationships out. I would leave the struggle with homosexuality, like completely out. And I was still in a relationship at this point. And, you know, they're like, yeah, great. Let's get you baptized. And it was like burning in me that I had lied For the first time in a long time, maybe ever, I don't know, I couldn't stand the fact that I lied to them. And it was like tormenting me that I lied. So I called another meeting with them and I told them the truth. And I remember he just so gently, this was my college pastor and his wife. So gently and lovingly spoke the truth to me in love, you know, just fully of like, I don't think you're ready for baptism, but the Lord is definitely doing something in you. And pretty much like could tell by all the things that had happened in my life, put it all together for me. Wow. I'd never, I'd never put it together. And so after this meeting, you know, I felt kind of crushed and just like, it hurts to hear the truth, even if it is in love. And I happened to be going home for the summer from college. And so I went home and just like sat on that and I actually stopped praying and I stopped going to church and I withdrew. And naturally, my cycle at that point was depression. And it all just kind of fell downhill rapidly. Just like, but I don't know how, I don't know how to get out of this.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know how to walk away from this identity I've made. I don't know how to leave all these friends. Like, what am I going to do about friends? What am I going to do? Like, it, it just, everything... I wasn't trusting the Lord is deep down what it was. I didn't believe he was, who he said he was, but that was what I was wrestling with that whole summer. Mm. And then finally it got to a point where it was just like, I have to end this relationship. And I did. And it was like the most freeing thing Mm. ever. And I went back to school and, um, I was baptized that October and was still a huge mess and a baby believer that stumbled a whole lot and all kinds of things. But, um, that was kind of the beginning of it, of, of walking out of it. And there was a very intense season of pruning after that. Um, that was very painful, but also really good. Because pruning bears more fruit. So that's kind of that whole journey. And now I have a husband who I met around that time. He actually met me when I was in that relationship. We were friends, Mm -hmm. Uh, we worked together. And so he kind of saw that transformation. He was not a believer at the time. Um, And so I got to be friends with him first and then be best friends, and then date, and then be married, so um, God kind of reconciled that too, in me.
0: Wow, I love, I love how God had you in his sight, Mm -hmm. and he, because, you know, he lets us, because he loves us so much, he allows us to um live out the life that we think is going to make us happy yeah he does and then when we finally reach the end of ourselves because we will just sometimes takes longer for other people um then he's there waiting and i love how you know i think there's so much um hope in your story because you know you're living this double life i know it was hard on you and i know that a lot of the prodigals that um my listeners children uh they a lot of them probably grew up in the church and they know they know just like you said the expository teaching they know the truth um what God has given me is the ability to see that the battle within is tormenting. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, It's uh, I can see it in the eyes of my one particular daughter in her pictures. When I look at her, when, when things were probably um, really brewing and I just was I didn't know mm-hmm. I, I could see it like I bet when you look at pictures of yourself from the past you can you can see the torment that was going on
1: inside of you oh yeah I wish I I, I look at pictures and I'm like oh I wish I could just give my younger self a hug yes <laughs> yeah yeah I I
0: wish I could hug you too and just to let you know you know back then I, I just think to myself, I remember, you know, just going, reaching the end of myself. And it was almost, I don't know about you, Lindsay, but it was almost, um, it was almost like a freeing experience, or what's the right word, um, where it's like, oh, you know, finally I've reached the end of myself. I don't know what Mm to do. But I love that, um, even though that was probably a super hard summer for you, it was, it was like, kind of like the season that Jonah was in the whale for three days, but it was like a summer, <laughs> it was a long three yeah. days for you. Um, so I'm curious because you kind of shared about how you, um, you, so What was the point you think that you, was it like a C.S. Lewis where you just kind of came into the salvation of Jesus or was there a moment where you had an encounter with Christ because the Holy Spirit was obviously burning in you when you, when you knew you lied to your pastor. Yeah. So that was what he was doing. That's his job. One of them is to convict us
1: of sin but yeah. You, yeah so that's kind of that's kind of an interesting uh question because i i did have an encounter with the holy spirit at a young age um i think i was 13 and it was the wildest thing it was completely unprompted by anything but it was um in the middle of the night I was awakened, and it was just praying and crying, and it was just this realization that, like, God was real. And um, at that point, I really tried to, for a season at least, I was convicted of sin in my life, and I was trying to be a Christian. And I didn't really know what that meant. (laughs) Um, and I didn't really have anybody to lead me. And so I was trying to get in youth group and I was trying to go to these conferences. And so I had this really brief season where I was really searching and trying to live it out, but sadly it just all kind of met dead ends. Mm. and it fizzled
0: mm.
1: and so I don't know I I don't know honestly like if in that moment you know there was the repentance and like I was saved I don't think that I was because there was so much darkness and torment after that mm. but there was an encounter if that makes sense mm-hmm um so then uh, later on when I did feel like God was drawing me near to him that was that was a process of over like maybe nine months to a year and there was a moment of surrender you know kind of that catalyst moment of like okay you know, the coming to the end of yourself, like you had described, there was definitely one of those moments, but there was also a long process too, if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. It does. I think that the moment that you ended that relationship was pivotal for you. Definitely. Definitely. And it's interesting, because I had a similar thing happen in my college years where I was dating this guy. He was in the military. And I had accepted Christ at a young age, but I didn't have I had an encounter with the Lord, but I didn't have anyone to disciple me. I was not raised in a Christian home either. And so I had this experience, and then I knew I just had to break up with this guy because he wasn't walking with God and I was walking with God and I remember that conversation and I was like Mm. uh I told him I said I you know I I really think I have to break up with you because I'm a Christian and I'm walking with God and and you're not and he's like what what in the world? Like, it was like, like a bomb had just hit him. Like, I can't believe it. You're, you're telling me that you're ending this relationship because you're walking with God and I'm not walking with God. And I'm like, what's what's happening. And then from that moment, things changed. It was like, when we make a line in the sand, I almost feel like this is where I'm really coming to the seriousness of my relationship with you. Um, and so that's interesting. I love that. Um, Cause you know, it's like, I, I see it now in such a different way because of where my children are. You know, I, I, when I was, when you were talking, I was like, yeah, I can even see my other daughter and the pictures that I see of her and where she was and, just such torment and I wish I could have reached out to her I have you ever had a conversation with your mom about
1: all this because I actually have not you have not wow there's there's actually so much of this that she does not know at all and it was kind of one of those things where later on it was like, I wonder if I should like talk to her about all this. Um, but not really knowing where she's at spiritually. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really feel sure. sure like there was any point to it. Yeah. You know?
0: I don't know. The Holy Spirit will show you if there's a reason for that. And it could just be like what we shared earlier that we were talking about revelation 12 one before we started recording that they defeated the enemy we defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony god could use you to like wake your mom up into faith but sure. that has to be something that the holy spirit leads you to do i'm not saying that you yeah, should that. I'm, just, I'm just wondering because um i hope that one day i can get the stories from my daughters, like that would be, um, and I don't know if they, I hope that we're building that trust right now, that they could know that I could hear whatever it is and nothing is going to make me look at them in a negative tone, um, that there's nothing they can do that can make me love them more. There's nothing that they can do to make me love them less. and. That's what I love about sharing our testimonies is that when I hear a testimony, like your testimony, I'm like super excited about what God has done in your life. We're not the same people, you and I, that we were back then. We're not even the same people we were last year. Mm -hmm. Because I see you often and I see you living out your life, being faithful in the call that God has given you And sure, we're, I don't know about you, but I'm stumbling along, but we're stumbling in the direction of Jesus. That's right. Right. And so how, I mean, let's think about this. If you could have been your own friend back then, when you were in all this turmoil and Um, heading down, you know, a very dark path with depression and suicide and imagining death and all that. (sighs) What would you, what would you have done for yourself? What would you have said to that you? Um, And I asked the question because Well, one, we're, we're moms, right? We're listening to this podcast, trying to get encouragement, um, for our prodigals. Um, and it may be a different, you know, relationship, but I kind of see it like we're all on this journey together and I might be a little farther along, but I want to understand in a way that um, if there's something that I could say or do, or my listeners could say or do, or just be there or whatever it is, you kind of alluded to the things that you needed, but maybe you didn't have in your life. I don't know. This might be a really big question. What do you think, Lindsay? No.
1: So I actually had, uh, when you were saying that I had a couple friends like come to mind of People of peace, I feel like the Lord put in my life along the way, and one of them was in high school, and she was a Christian, and we'd actually known each other for a very long time. We were in Girl Scouts together, and um, she was uh, a good girl, you know. She didn't do all the things the rest of us did, um, so we weren't close in that aspect, but our senior year we were in a physics class together and this physics class was a joke our teacher didn't really ever teach and so we actually had a lot of time to sit and talk with one another and she just would listen and encourage me and just i just felt heard and not judged by her mm. And I was like, you know, even just, I was just so thankful. I was like, yeah, she still loves me.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) That was the reassuring that was happening in my mind when I was engaging with her. And funny enough, she was the one, she went to a different college, but she was the one of the people that I called when I was like, I need new friends. And she was in the same Christian sorority at her campus and was the one who nudged me and encouraged me to join the one at mine. So I think it's that that's not me being the friend, but I, I think that she walked that out well, especially for a young person mm. um, is just, you know, being firm in conviction. She didn't ever waver in that. She didn't compromise. Her convictions to try to be close to me, or she never tried to fix me. She was just a friend Mm. and was there, you know, to answer calls and just kept nudging me towards Jesus, Mm. you know. So I guess that would be that's might be an oversimplified answer, you know, it's not lots of specifics, but. Just being a kind, loving friend, firm in your convictions, and being willing to speak the truth and love, and just nudging towards Jesus.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. So now that you're on the other side, you're in a a different place, and now you're a mom, and you have children, and like, what are your prayers like for your children now that you have walked this journey?
1: Yeah, well, um, I pray for godly friends. I pray for godly spouses. If the Lord calls them to be married, (laughs) I should add that part. I don't think everyone is called to marriage, but um, I do pray for that. I pray that when it comes time for their faith to become their own, that they wouldn't have to wander too far
0: Mm. to find
1: it. Um, Because I think everybody has to go through that, whether you grew up in church or not, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you still have to come to know Jesus as your savior and Lord, whether you've been a, good kid by church and society standards or you you know were the rebellious ones like us like there still has to come a point of I'm a wretch and I need Jesus Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna seek him with my whole heart mind soul and strength and so I pray that that just doesn't have that they could learn from myself and my husband he has his own testimony um so we just hope that they can learn from our mistakes and we plan to be very you know as as their maturity you know reveals where they're at spiritually and all of that sharing our testimonies with them and being very vulnerable in that And then this isn't necessarily prayers, but I am very intentional in, in teaching my children about, um, these things, um, what is biblical sexuality and what does the world say and trying to approach it in an apologetics aspect. Um, and that's teaching me too. Mm because I wasn't trained in that. <laughs> so I'm kind of training myself, but, um, and some people might think that, you know, my children are kind of young, like, why would you be talking about that already? But part of the reason is, and I didn't mention this in my testimony, but you know, it might as well be said, cause this is a very prevalent thing, but I was expo- exposed to pornography at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And that was a problem that I had throughout all of that too. And a struggle. So um, I am more on the offensive mm-hmm. with my children. And I'm just, nobody's going to tell my kids what these things mean before I can. That's so.
0: Yeah, I would love if you wouldn't mind sharing with me a list of resources and I can post them in the show notes. Yeah, I can definitely do that. Um, because I agree with you. I didn't learn anything from my parents in that regard. Um, I learned how to work hard. I learned good moral character, but when it came to sex and all those things, it was definitely my peer group who taught me all the things. Yeah. Same for me. And I really feel like that was hard for me to be the one to teach my children. And so I don't feel I did a good job with my older two and I'm trying to walk a different path with my youngest. Um, And I believe it is our responsibility to teach them because um, like one of the persons that I listen to and follow always says, you be their Google. I wanna be her Google. Um, But a lot of times I'm surprised when I say something and she's like, oh yeah, I already know that. And I was like, what? Um, So they're picking up so much in our culture. Um, So it's just like, we have to be the first ones, like you said, and, you know, um, be more vulnerable and honest about things and read different books and things that I would never have picked up with my older girls that I wished I had. Um, So what are some things that you feel like you have this opportunity to share with my listeners, with mom's um, encouragement and hope? What would you like to share with them?
1: I would just say that oftentimes when we go through trials and struggles, I don't have a you know, teenagers, adult children. So I'm not really in that place yet. Um, I'm in the try to prepare them phase Mm -hmm. as best as I can. Um, But that just because they make certain decisions or they wander, that's not the end all be all prayers. are your biggest weapon Mm. and the Lord hears them and whatever your child is going to go through can be what like we were talking about with testimonies it can be something that's used in the kingdom to reach people Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: in this instance, you know, we're talking about homosexuality, but I wouldn't, I lived for a long time after, you know, I began to profess Christ and try to walk out my life as a Christian, being very ashamed of that part of my testimony, kind of like you and I were talking about before, and would omit it. And Like we were saying, the Lord convicted me of that and was like, no, that wasn't just for you. And as more time has gone on, that just became more pressing and was like, tell them what I did for you. (laughs) And so there's power in our testimonies. And sometimes that means you have to wrestle with dark hard things but it's going to reach others and the lord uses those things in his kingdom and i i know that you look at it this way you look at it as god is writing their testimony mm-hmm. and i think that's how you have to look at it and just be hopeful and keep praying and We don't know God's timing, but, um, we know that he hears our prayers and that everything is in his perfect timing. So just not to give up on that. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And I just thank you for trusting us with your story and being vulnerable and sharing everything that the Holy Spirit put on your heart to share with us. Um, but also just watching the journey of you know, I've seen the, the the more present Lindsay. I haven't seen the past, but even if I had, I would hug you right now and tell you that you're loved and God sees you and He hears you. And um, you know, we I was just talking about this today with with my youngest, that there's a difference between conviction and condemnation Mm -hmm. and you know this already once you're in christ when you hear a voice because i've been trying to teach my teenager and and these young girls that i teach a bible study is that uh i heard this through neil t anderson's freedom in christ um study that it's almost like your brain is kind of like the airplane tower where planes are flying around you and those planes represent ideas so there's these all these planes that are representing ideas flying around you and you as the control tower get to decide is this thought going to land and plant a seed in my heart or am i going to keep that one circling because not every thought and this is something i learned from neil t anderson is not every thought that I have, because in the past I've had a thought and and been ashamed of that thought. Mm-hmm. And he taught me that not every thought is your thought. Some of them are the world's thoughts. Some of them are the enemy and some of them are yours. And so I was talking to my daughter about how, you know, if that thought is coming in and it's a condemnation kind of thought, it's a condemning thought, well, you know right away, you're triggered to know, oh, that's the devil. So you can, you can gag that thought, you can rebuke that thought. But if it's a convicting thought, as a believer, that's the job of the Holy Spirit, one of them is to convict us. And I don't ever want to reach a point, and I know you'd agree with me, where your conscience is so seared that you don't you're not prompted by it. You don't feel that conviction. You can't, like, like you said, you were so burning inside. You had to call the pastor and call another meeting. I never want to be at that point where I don't hear that anymore. The volume is down. And so I just love how um, God's worked in your life. And I'm so grateful that you're my sister and I just love you so much. And I was just so grateful that God allowed our paths to meet and that you've been such an encouragement to me you always ask about my children and it's just a blessing to know you and I'm so grateful so I think and a blessing to me too so I know you wanted to share some encouragement for moms during pride
1: month in June would you yes like to so um I guess it was a couple years ago no maybe maybe about three and during pride month, obviously it's just becoming more and more over the top as each year goes by and you're just constantly inundated with like this company is doing this and this company is doing this. And it just, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, it's, it's a lot. If you have young children and you're trying to go to a store and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you're just, it's just in your face now, there's no like escaping it. And I felt very frustrated by it a few years ago. And I felt like my love was growing cold. Like even me, my heart was, was hardening. And that was a time that was probably in 2020, actually, when that was already (laughs) lots of hard hearts all around and lots of divisiveness. Right. And so I just felt like my heart was hard and I was just asking the Lord, what do I do about this? And I was convicted by the Holy Spirit to pray and pray more like, Mm. Don't just sit and be frustrated. Pray. You have all these people in your life you could be praying for. Pray. And so I was like, okay, Lord, and I'm going to write down a list. And I'm just going to fill up a calendar with names and see how many I get. And if I have to repeat, like, no big deal. So I, I sit down to do this and I'm just writing in my journal and I start writing out names And the list is just so long. I have well over 30. I have more than one per day that I could pray for. And it really blew me away once I put pen to paper and realized how many people that I know either from my past or present that I could be intervening for during this month and i can't think of any better way (laughs) to fight that spiritual battle than intercession yes and so if anybody who is listening is feeling that because i just think the timing of our you know conversation being that june is right around the corner um It's coming. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like your heart is hard or hardening, um, if maybe you're lacking compassion and you're not seeing individuals as image bearers Mm -hmm. with souls that the Lord wants to save, then I would just encourage you to do this exercise that the Lord placed on my heart a couple years ago, and I've made it a point to do it every year now because every year it starts building up again and there's lots of noise and I'm like, I'm going to make my list and I'm going to pray. And so I would just encourage all of you to do that, whether it be on a calendar or in a journal Um that you would just write down names that you would pray for each other's children, that you would pray for the people you interact with in life, even if it's like cashier at the grocery store, like whoever it is, it, the Lord knows their name, even if you don't, but whoever you're interacting with, I would just encourage you to pray for those people. Um And you'll be surprised. You may not see prayers answered in those people's lives. That's evident. Obviously God is always at work and could be doing things. I was most surprised at what he did in mine through those prayers. So Mm -hmm. that's my encouragement.
0: I love it. And I agree with you. I think that, um, that is the most powerful thing we can do. And I have seen the change in me, whereas before I have two options at the cash register and I've got a person dressed normally presenting as their biological sex. And then I have the cashier presenting as the opposite sex and you can, it's very evident Mm -hmm. or before I had these struggles with my children I would choose the one that was dressed in their biological sex now, because before I was more repelled or I would just like not understand how, like I just, this just, just, it grated on me. Now God has given me this love and compassion that I didn't have before. And I am like making a beeline for the one that is presenting as the opposite sex, because this love of God just is like, I just, if I could hug them, I would, but that would be creeped out. They'd probably like call security. This is a weird lady. But I'm like, I, I'm i drawn to them now because I just, it's like God has given me eyes to see and I don't fully understand everything, but I see the battle within them and how they are valuable and they are an image bearer of Christ, whether they know it or not, whether they have claimed him or not, they are made in God's image and God loves them and has a plan for them so i love this challenge i'm gonna share it with the ladies in our prayer time and everybody that that will listen to me (laughs) because i think this is a great idea um so wow i've just had such a great time talking with you and listening and learning and just um hearing what god has done he is so good he is so good so, would you mind closing us out in prayer? I would just yeah. ask you if you did that. Thank
1: you, of course, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time, um for Denise and I to have this conversation, Lord, and for you to be present with us, Father. Um, everything that we do and we say we we want you to be glorified, Lord, and we want um, those that hear to be drawn to you, Lord, we want, uh, the Holy Spirit to do a work in their hearts and in their minds, father. And I just thank you so much for Denise. I thank you for this calling that you've placed on her life. Um, I thank you for what you're doing in her heart, Lord. I just, I know that you are working all of this out for our good and the good of others. and um. We can see what's going on all around us and in the culture, Lord, but you have a plan and a purpose and you are calling up warriors to fight this battle through the power power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, and just to have love and empathy for those who are confused and, and lost, Lord, they're all around us. We know many of them, just as I was making my list to pray, just... It's long, Lord, but um, you placed all of them on my heart. And I know that you're going to place many on the hearts of, of the listeners, Lord. And I just I pray for um, the children of the mothers who are listening to this conversation, Father. And I just pray for a hedge of protection around them, Lord, as they are wandering and trying to figure out where they fit in this world and who they are, Lord. And I just pray that um, no matter how far they go, Lord, that you would not stop pursuing them just as you did with me, mm-hmm. just as you did with Denise, Lord. I just pray that your um, pursuit would be relentless, mm-hmm. that you would send people into their lives to minister to them, even if um, their relationships with their families are, are not good at the moment. Lord, you, you have people all over and I just pray that you would, um, just surround them by other believers and people who can love them and draw uh, them near to you, Lord. Mm -hmm. And we just trust you with their lives. And we know that you are a good God and you have a plan and a purpose and you are working that out in each of them. You're working it out in each of us and we thank you for it, even though it's hard. Sometimes I pray that during this next month of June, that um, our hearts would be challenged to not be hard Lord, but to be soft and tender and compassionate Mm -hmm. to our neighbors who are struggling and confused. Lord, that we would be loving and kind. Lord, that you would um, give us opportunities to share about who you are and your son, Jesus, and what he's done for us. Pray that you would give us divine appointments for us to um, just just be a vessel that they would encounter you and your love, Mm -hmm. Lord, and that seeds would be planted. And help us to be prayerful and not neglect that time in prayer. And we ask all of this in your son's name. And We thank you and we love you. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks again, sis. I love you. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sweet listener. Thank you, sister, for taking the time to listen. I pray that this conversation has been encouraging and that you will take up the challenge to pray this month of June, um, writing a name on the calendar for each one that is lost and confused. And we just thank you. And um, we just can't wait to talk with you again next time. Thanks. Bye bye.